This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown, joined by our fearless leader at Horns 24-7, the managing editor, Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? Chip, you know, uh, we are recording on National Signing Day, so it is like Christmas coming early for the recruiting fans out there. And uh, it's been a good day, I think. You know, Texas did a really solid job of securing their class. So it's been a positive day, I think, on Horns 24-7, which is always a blessing for all of us. So doing well. How about you? Hey, doing well, doing well. Love uh, love signing day. Love eyeballing the the new talent coming to town and and wondering which of these players will make an immediate impact we'll get into some of that and and it sure looks like the the defensive side of this recruiting class there's a lot to be excited about and so kudos to to those coaches who were successful and Tom Herman leaving some some windows open um you know, in terms of signing, he said they have nine spots left and they will hit the portal for transfers, grad transfers, you name it. We'll get into some of that as well. Uh, but Taylor, I think we should, we've gotten some questions this week from our members at Horns 24-7 about what's, what's the team been up to. And I think Longhorns fans, I mean, Texas was to be the replacement team if Oklahoma or Iowa State could not play in this Saturday's Big 12 championship. But Tom Herman uh, sort of put that to rest, saying that, uh, no, we're not expecting to make the trip to Big D Dallas for the Big 12 championship. In fact, he said we're still dealing with some of our own issues. He's got, he had 23 players who, were, who had either tested positive or been in contact tracing and they're not all completely out of the of the protocols at this point so texas not going to be making any surprise cameos in the in the big 12 championship game and you know that's probably for the best we'll get into oklahoma and iowa state as well the rematch between lincoln riley and and matt campbell but uh but taylor uh this you know, obviously, signing day—that's a—that's a momentous occasion. It is all about recruiting. That's the lifeblood of the program. And when you've had three straight top ten recruiting classes, there's probably not a lot of of room you would think for freshmen to come right in and and have an impact. But Texas does sign Jatavian Sanders. The the four-star, or five-star, excuse me, five-star athlete who Tom Herman said is going to play on both sides of the ball and tight end on offense, defensive end on defense, and 
that's exciting. I mean, when you have a, a talent like that and the head coach is just coming out and saying, we got a two-way player here, uh, that'll get you going. Oh, absolutely. I think Texas fans should definitely be happy about how Texas, um, especially as you had mentioned on on defense, I think that is the strength of this recruiting class. I mean, this has not been an easy year for any any college football team out there trying to, you know, recruit because coaches couldn't go and see a lot of players and on campus. They couldn't do anything, you know, basically everything was shut down um, by March. And so yeah, Tom Herman said there were four or five in this class who he's never met face to face. How about yeah, that because of the pandemic? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely obstacles that every college football team has been experiencing with the 2021 recruiting class. However, Texas had even more of an uphill battle because the, you know, Texas staff was not in place. Um, Tom Herman, it took him a few weeks, even into 2020 to still hire some of the assistant coaches. So uh, they did not really have any opportunity to have any in, like in-person contact with these recruits. So the fact that Texas was able to sign, I think currently ranked uh, the number 17th ranked uh, recruiting class in 2021, plus with, um, you know, Jatavian Sanders, a five-star player, another five-star that Texas adds, which is a positive trend under Tom Herman. I mean, I think you got to take, you got to take your win here. Um, and then also, as you mentioned, you know, having, having the freedom a little bit to test the waters and, whether it's in the transfer portal, whether it's, um, you know, a JUCO, whether it is another, you know, some diamond in the rough high school type of athlete or something like that, you know, they have the room to do so. So I think that that is, you know, I think that's a really positive step. And I think that Tom Herman and the staff should be really proud because of all things considered and especially not having those relationships with these recruits that other teams already had been developing. Yeah, I mean, he... I asked him, okay, what positions would you still be looking for in the transfer portal, the grad transfer market? And he said the offensive line, defensive end, the jack position that Joseph Osai played. And, and so, you know, um, and you're always looking for corners. He mentioned cornerback, even though he's happy with the, the corners that he picked up in this in this recruiting class. And, and so, you know, I look at this and I, and by the way, my favorite player in this class is Morris Blackwell. This guy is a tackling machine at linebacker and good heavens, they need tackling machines at linebacker. I mean, you get excited. And here's the other thing I'll say as, as my mind is just jumping around like a popcorn kernel in a microwave oven. Um, you know, if you're going to have a year where, you know, some of the naysayers are saying, ah, this recruiting class, it looks like a transition class. This class is 17th ranked and where's the top 10? And, ah, I don't like anything. We missed every offensive lineman in the state. Okay. If you're going to have a class that's 17th and the fans are a little restless about everything going on, you'd like to have it this year when everyone on the roster gets another year of eligibility. I can tell you right now that Texas is trying to get Denzel Okafor to come back for a sixth year on the offensive line. They're trying to get Derek Kerstetter to come back so he can play tackle and not center. 
next year where he's he's better at tackle than he is at center. Now that you've learned that Jake Majors is a guy who can hold up and and you saw Andre Kerr get in there, but they are trying to bring back um, you know, some of these veterans for another year of eligibility. If you brought Denzel Okafor and Derek Kerstetter back, you'd have four starters back on the offensive line plus Jake Majors. That's not bad. That's not bad. That offensive line was getting better as the year went on. The running game was getting better. There's some things that are positive. And, and you're trying to get you know, some of these other guys on the defensive line, like Jacoby Jones, to come back for another year. Now, I get it. Everything is about the quarterback position. And we'll get to that a little bit later. And, you know, right now, everything I'm hearing is Sam Ellinger leaning toward moving on. And, and who knows? Maybe, maybe some, something crazy happens and Sam decides, you know what? It's not out of my system. I'm, I'm coming back. But everything we're hearing right now is that he's leaning toward not returning. And it's all about the quarterback position. So is that Casey Thompson? Is that Hudson Card? Is it, is it a transfer? Um, that's, that's all stuff that Tom Herman and this coaching staff have to, they have to weigh out. If, if there are nine spots still available, make the most of those nine spots because Tom Herman's done well in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, done well. And if he did, if he did nabbed Tony Fields, it, he'd have done really well this year and instead Tony Fields went on to West Virginia but I mean every grad transfer he's brought in has has made an impact it was Brendan Schooler and Tariq Black this year they didn't you know they battled injuries all year but they made some plays and I think they're two guys that Texas is trying to get to come back for next year so it's uh you know it's people are gonna be you know meh about some positions in this recruiting class but Tom Herman's done pretty well in the grad transfer market. So don't, this class isn't done yet, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. And there's absolutely no shortage of uh, prospects in the grad grad transfer market. And, you know, if the NCAA does approve of the, you know, the new possible transfer, yeah, the one-time transfer rule rule where you don't have to sit out a season. I mean, I, I don't even know. Grand Central Station. Yeah. I mean, this is literally, I feel for these coaches because it is going to just be, I mean, I've always made the joke that the transfer portal, I feel like it's the wild, wild west. Like nobody really knows what you're getting into because nobody can really tell you what it's really like. But I kind of feel like it's that that way now and it's going to just be exploding I think if uh, the NCAA does approve that rule but that also benefits you know Texas I mean as you mentioned Tom Herman has done a really good job of getting um, grad transfers he you know got Jerry uh, Gary Johnson excuse me who was a JUCO guy you know and he was a solid addition um, in that Calvin Anderson Calvin Anderson Trey Trey Watson You know, Parker Brendan Schooler last week announced that he was planning on returning. Um, I don't believe Tariq Black has said anything publicly, but, you know, it does beg the question of what Texas is going to do at quarterback chip if Sam Ellinger moves on because uh, earlier in this week, actually, I believe it was on Tuesday, um, Jatavian Sanders, the, or excuse me, not Jatavian. <laughs> Sorry, signing day. Yeah, <laughs> Quinton Jackson. Jackson. Sorry. Uh, he, JQJ. Uh, yeah, he uh, entered the transfer portal. Now, 
we have seen Texas players enter the transfer portal only to pull their name out of it. Um, that happened a lot this offseason. So I'm not sitting here saying that Jaquindon Jackson for sure won't be on the team. But I don't I think it's probably um, trending away from the Longhorns direction. So there is a big opening in a sense. If Sam Ellinger leaves and decides not to return, then Texas is kind of starting from square one a little bit. Now it's good to have Casey Thompson on the roster who's, uh, you know, a, a been on campus. I don't want to say he's a veteran because he hasn't played that much at all, but, you know, been on campus, understands what's expected of Tom Herman, what's expected of the position, what's expected of from the coaching staff. So that's a positive. However, it's unproven. So that's, you know, having the room in this recruiting, in this signing class, I think benefits Texas exponentially this year, um, especially at the quarterback position. Yeah, and Jaquinta Jackson, that that stings me personally because I just love that guy's moxie. I mean, yeah. I'll never, I mean, anyone who saw that, that uh, Duncanville, Galena Park, North Shore State Championship game his junior year when he just took over the game and, and Duncanville should have won that game. They lost on a Hail Mary at the end of the game. But Jaquin and Jackson had that big game, big stage presence, reminded me of Vince Young a little bit just from his presence. You know, you could tell his teammates all believed in him, that he was going to make the play that was going to help them win the game. And then, of course, he tears his ACL and his knee in the state playoffs his senior year, about a year ago, about a year ago right now. Yeah. And, and, and those take a year to really get back from. And I wish he would have, you know, given it a little bit more time because I think get in there in the spring and get those reps and see where you see where you are, because it, it's not like Hudson card got a ton of playing time. He got some snaps in the UTEP game, like Casey Thompson and, and Jaquin and Jackson, you know, obviously the most raw of the passing you know, and he's raw as a passer. He's he's a big-bodied, strong kid. But you know, Vince Young was raw as a passer. You know, I'm right. not trying to go crazy, but there were there was a time when people were like, Vince Young needs to play receiver. He can't throw the ball. Then he ends up leading the nation in pass efficiency in uh, his final season at Texas. Just saying. Um, but if if your heart's not in it, then you got to go and you, you, as a coach, you want players who want to be here, who believe in doing it for Texas and doing it for these teammates. And, 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 you know, look, Tom Herman is, is on the hot seat to say the least. And people have differing opinions about Tom Herman. Um, and, you know, he's a, he's part-time crazy eyed drill sergeant and, and, has this sort of uh, coldness to him at times with players, but his teams are tough, man, and they play physical. We, I used to joke all the time under Mac Brown, he should have to make a fifty thousand dollar contribution to charity every time he said the word physical. Oh yeah, because his, because his teams weren't that physical. Oh, I'm not gonna say soft, but you know they weren't until he got that incredible 2002 recruiting class. So. I give it I give it to Tom Herman. His teams are tough. They play tough and they battle. They get in fist fights in a phone booth. And and so, you know, let's see what uh what this this group is all about. But 
I'm going to, I'm sad. I'm not going to get to watch Jaquin and Jackson develop a little bit more. Cause I think that dude has some big game presence. He's going to, he's going to help somebody here. Uh, eventually. Maybe it'll be your Mustangs. Yeah, that one's weird. I mean, he's from Duncanville. A lot of people think he'll he'll get to the Dallas area because he, he loves Dallas. And SMU under Sonny Dykes is a air raid. I mean, that is you gotta be a pinpoint passer with great accuracy. Everybody's sort of crowning Preston Stone as the next at SMU after Shane Bouchelle. Um, it would be interesting if if Jaquindon ended up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think you count it out, though. I no. think that, yeah, especially, you know, one thing also to consider is um, Jaquindon Jackson's high school coach is uh, Reginald Samples, who is the father of Rashad Samples, who was at the time um, a recruiting assistant at Texas. He is, was huge in getting Jaquindon Jackson to um, commit to Texas before Rashad left to go to SMU, who was, uh, I believe that he actually. There's reports that he just got a three-year contract extension at SMU as a receivers coach. So that's what kind of makes me wonder. I'm not going to – I'm not putting your – you don't like my call them your ponies, your Mustangs out of, uh, out of the mix, though, until, you know, it's signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah, do you see the Mustangs? Shane Bouchelle's not going to get to play in a bowl game. I know. They had to bail out of the Frisco Bowl. They were going to play uh, Jeff Trailer in UTSA in the Frisco Bowl and – now SMU's racked with COVID, one of nine teams to bail out of bowl games, including K-State, which is uh, just unfortunate. Um, it's turning the bowl season into a, into a crapshoot here. Um, and speaking of bowl games, Texas still looking like, uh, depending on if Oklahoma and Iowa State end up in the New Year's Six bowl games, then Texas if they if those two teams are both in New Year's Six bowl games, Texas would go to the Alamo, probably against Colorado. If the loser of the Big Twelve title game falls out of the New Year's Six, that team will probably go to the Alamo, and Texas would go to the Cheez It Bowl, and could face now the Miami Hurricanes after Mac Brown and his North Carolina Tar Heels whipped up on Manny again. So Mac not only dished it to, to Manny, you know, midway through the 2013 football season by firing him as defensive coordinator, he thrashed him around like shark chum in the, in the North Carolina, Miami game. Taylor, how about Mac like 500 something yards too, which is what BYU rushed for. Yes. Against- <laughs> I thought I was watching a replay. Oh. I was just waiting for Taysom Hill to run out onto the field. But oh. my goodness. And now North Carolina could end up in the Orange Bowl. Are you kidding me? Yeah. How about that? So, and Texas could end up playing Manny Diaz and the Miami Hurricanes and, and De'Eric King. Ooh. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I would love personally to see a, a – Tom Herman, Texas versus Mac Brown, North Carolina bowl game. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. We'll find out what Texas bowl matchup will be on Sunday after the conference championship um, or ch- conference championship games are all played. The uh, committee will come together and do that. But Chip, you know, 
uh, on the last episode of the flagship podcast, we had taken some questions from our members um, for us to kind of tackle with Texas not having that Kansas game last week. And so there's still actually a few more that I wanted to present to you and pose to you to get some input on. Um, a lot of it has to do with Tom Herman. So uh, just be prepared for that. But are you ready for these? Yeah. You put me on the hot seat. Putting you on the hot seat here real quick. All right. So um, do it. we appreciate all of our listeners for submitting these questions and our Horns 24-7 members. So I'm going to start with this one. It is from R.R. Turo. Pardon me if I'm messing that up. But if Texas starts looking at other candidates to place to replace Tom Herman, hopefully it will be done in stealth mode. As soon as word gets out, Texas is looking at other coaches and any of those coaches turn down the offer will make Texas coaching position look toxic. Do you agree with that? Oh my gosh. I totally agree with this. I mean, the last thing Texas needs is for the athletic director to be leaning in one direction and the, the big money guys and, and the higher ups to be leaning in a different direction and for them not to be unified on whatever they're doing. Because Texas, look, I can make the argument that if you've got a free agent, three-time national championship coach who's sitting there, who's said repeatedly, if the Texas job ever opens up, give me a call, which Urban Meyer has said. He said it to, to DeLos Dodds back in, in 2011 when he was out of coaching. And it's been, you know, that, that alone tells me that, and I've, I quoted sources close to Meyer saying if he were to get back into the college game, it would be at Notre Dame, USC, or Texas. And, and so they took their shot. And so far, that shot has been um, you know, met with a no. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer has indicated he's not looking to get back into the college game right now because of health reasons. Now, I've heard again this week that Urban Meyer – you know, might be looking at the NFL and, you know, possibly the LA Chargers, possibly the Atlanta Falcons, because he doesn't have to deal with recruiting in the transfer portal and you have a little bit more of a life, a little bit more of an off season. Um, you know, who knows what's true? Could he be waiting to see if he gets one of these NFL jobs? And then if he does or he doesn't, does that change his mind about anything? We, Look, we're in wait and see mode, mm-hmm. um, but the bottom line is Texas needs to be really careful here with whatever step they do. Um, you know, it 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 has a chance, has a real chance uh, to make the brand. The brand has already taken a a big hit, and it, it can't take any more hits because, look. I'm just going to say this. Everyone remembers the Steve Patterson era. That was a disaster. Oh, yeah. And Chris Del Conte has got, you know, he's helped, you know, raise over $300 million for all these new facilities. And people are acting like he's a chump um, because, like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Well, he's gotten more done facilities-wise for this university than has happened in the last 30 years and he's done it in three. Mm -hmm. So they can't afford to not only mess up the football coaching 
situation any more than it's been sort of, you know, been out there dragged around in in public. You can't afford to have any discord among the ranks and the leadership at Texas because that starts its own ripple effect. And if if Del Conte if Del Conte gets run off, good luck ever getting another athletic director with chops to come here because Del Conte is one of the most well liked among athletic directors. Yeah, he's very well respected in that they're, community. They're going to call him and say, "So, what's going on at Texas?" They're asking me if I want the job, and he'll be like, "Oh, good lord, I'm yeah. I'm still in, you know, I still have whiplash." <laughs> so anyway. I mean, in seven years, or since 20, what, 13, when the Lost Odds resigned or whatever. So there is the Lost Odds, Steve Patterson, Mike Perrin, Chris Del Conte, and then you're going to bring in a fifth in seven years. That's, That's a, a disaster. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the same thing as when, you know, like when Tom Herman was hired, it would have been a disaster if after year two, people were like, oh, he's got to go. You know what I mean? It's like, you, you know how you start a trend, a negative trend? continue going down the negative direction and then it's going to be a lot harder to pull yourself out of it, you know? So I totally, yeah. And I hear, you know, Auburn, okay. Auburn has a, a donor named Jimmy rain. Who's uh, you know, billionaire. He's the new Bobby louder at Auburn. Louder was always the one looking around. I mean, they fired Gene Chizik two years after he won a national championship. And I hear some Texas fans saying, Oh look, Auburn, they're you know, they they know what's up. They're getting rid of their coach. That's the one program you don't want to be compared to is Auburn because Auburn fired a coach two years after he won a national championship. And Gus Malzahn's a good coach. Oh yeah. There'd be programs that would snap him up in a heartbeat. You don't want to be the program that fires coaches with winning records mm-hmm. repeatedly. Yeah. Auburn's done that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Make, make a make a commitment to something, see if it can develop, and and support it. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see how uh, how things uh, shake out at Texas. Okay. What's the next question? All right. The next one here is from Texas Rising. I'm sorry if I'm squinting. I'm looking into a light right now, trying to read these. So, um, from Texas Rising. Any further details on Herman and the team's relationship after Iowa State and top guys, top guys, leaders opting out with more rumored, it appeared as though he was losing the team. Then Kansas State happened, looked like they were united, no malcontent whatsoever. Are the supposed locker room issues mostly fan generated or was slash is there issues still going on? You know, we're not in the locker room, so we can only go by what we're being told. Right. But that team fought to the end and of the regular season. Now you've got guys who are opting out. Um, I totally get Joseph Osai doing it. I get Sam Cosme doing it. Even to a degree, Chris Brown. I'm not sure what's going on with Caden Stearns. I don't, I don't know. You know, I just don't feel like he had the kind of year. I've talked to NFL guys who say, I don't get him coming out, but if he tests really well, someone will take a chance on him, and maybe that's all he cares about. Maybe he's just ready to go try to get it going in the NFL. People questioned 
Jermichael Finley and Jamal Charles leaving early back in 07. And those dudes, I mean, Jamal Charles, the all-time leading rusher in Kansas City Chiefs history. So, um, look, you never know. But I get some of these guys opting that out. And the other thing too, Taylor, this has been a miserable year for the players with COVID. Mm-hmm. Getting their brain scraped three times a week and all the, they can't go out. They, this has not been a fun year for players. Mm-mm. And so I think things get, you know, muddled in there. And then it's suddenly like, you know what? I just, I want to get out of here. Right. It's going to well, take a mature decision to, to say, you know what? Hopefully, I mean, they did roll out a vaccine this week and they were all coming out of Kalamazoo, Michigan, my hometown, because that's where Upjohn slash Pfizer is. But um, maybe it's a more normal year next year. Mm-hmm. And then it's back to, you know, being fun where you get to play football. And then after you go win a game, you go down to Sixth Street and let the girls tell you how great you are. But it's, you know, it's, it's not been a fun year for the players. It's been a grind. Yeah. And bowl season is not going to be anywhere near how it normally is. I mean, bowl season in a sense, a lot of times it's almost like a, a vacation, not a vacation, but a trip, you know, for a reward. Yeah. It's a reward. You get to go and to a different city for like a week or so and get stay in a nice hotel, get pampered, get all these gifts, all of that stuff. I mean, this year's bowl game for if, you know, assuming Texas does play in a bowl game, um, Tom Herman even confirmed this too. I think that this is going to be a lot of times it's basically just going to be like a road game, a standard road game, fly out day before, you know, go through, go to the hotel, go through walkthroughs and then, play the game and fly home that same night. So it's not even like, that's even not, that's even a grind in a sense, you know, it's, it's not really a reward this year. So I can understand, you know, um, I know people who've gotten the brain scraper test and they've told me I, I would not want to do that three times a week for what, six, more than six months now, probably. <laughs> so right. I don't, I don't blame like people being worn out. However, I mean, it's one thing if you're going to opt out just cause you just, you know, wanted to, prepare for next year or something. But with Caden Stearns, I agree. That was kind of an interesting decision to go to the NFL. I think Caden Stearns hasn't really been too happy at Texas for the last two years. So it's not, I, I was more surprised that he didn't transfer. Um, I like, I, I for sure thought I wasn't sure that he was going to come back. I was very surprised that he would go to the NFL. I was thinking he would enter the transfer portal, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, as you mentioned, Chip, we don't really know what goes on inside the locker room. We have a lot of people who are close to the situation. But even then, you know, if you're not in there every single day, you're not experiencing it every single day, you know, you can always pick and choose things that you think are big. Um, but I do think that there has been some, you know, uh, dissension a little bit. Would you say, would you think that's fair to say in the locker room? Not like, from just from outside noise, I think that's where a lot of it comes into because we can sit here and say all you want that these kids don't listen to what's being said and stuff. It's like that's everyone knows that they do. You can't hide from it. So at some point, you know, when you're, you're reading negative things about your head coach or your team and stuff constantly, you, it's human nature to allow that to actually seek in a little bit. But I mean, the team never did give up to their credit, you know, whether they were fighting for Tom Herman, whether they were fighting for each other, whatever it may be, they definitely didn't give up. Um, and so yeah, and I, 
And I look at K-State, who has players who were getting in the portal during the season. And, um, you know, I was surprised because I think Chris Kleiman, yeah, he's tough, but man, he's, he showed you last year. He knows how to get you to win. And, and so, you know, I, I think with all the things that were going on with the eyes of Texas earlier in the year, and that was when everybody, it looked like the team was coming apart, you know, after the OU game and not standing together for the eyes and what was really going on. But I kept hearing from within the locker room, the team is together. They just need to be advised better that, hey, we're playing the eyes after this game. Make sure you're out there and standing together as a team so that you don't get the perception that you're divided and falling apart. And so they came through that. They kept battling. They did improve defensively. They improved special teams. They improved. So, and we've talked a lot about this, but I I think to, to Herman's credit, they, they stuck together. They go out at K state, had fun, demolished the wildcats, unfortunately, And look, I had three different FBS coaches I interviewed for the insider last week. And one of them, you know, because I said, how does Tom Herman proceed from here? And what, you know, what, what are the selling points? Mm -hmm. And, and that coach said, you know, if they play LSU in South Florida this year, they probably win those games and they probably beat Kansas. And then they're 10 and three. Right. And ten and three sounds a whole lot better than seven and three. Mm-hmm. So you know it's it it look the, the I get it the the loss to TCU the way it happened another sloppy game after the Texas Tech game and then you follow that up with the OU game which is the game every Texas fan wants to win and it can sort of put some you know little little better flavor on the season if you if you can beat OU they lose in four overtimes the eyes of Texas thing people were just they were just done and so many of the big money guys I keep saying this they were more pissed about the eyes of Texas and the lack of uniformity from the team standing together and that isolated picture of Sam they were more upset about that than they were about the football in some big money guys minds that was it for them with Herman, you know, and I didn't go to Texas. I don't know how, I don't know how, what the eyes of Texas means to people who've played it at their weddings and funerals and everything else. And, you know, clearly Tom Herman needed to have a better sense of that too. But long story short, I give Herman credit for holding that team together and battling. I mean, heck, if he doesn't make those fourth down calls against Iowa state, they might be in the Big 12 championship game this weekend. So it's, uh, you know, what it could have, should have. Yeah. Well, and another thing to consider with the the outrage after the eyes of Texas, I'm not sure that that would have been as magnified this year if the, it was a full capacity type of stadium environment because you have to realize there's a ton of people that normally would be at the football games that weren't there. So they're watching all of this. They're looking at social media. They're seeing these optics outside that they probably wouldn't be paying attention to as closely had they been 
at the game. I mean, you know, how many of them sit there and are counting which players are here, which ones are here, which coaches are here, you know, it's like, you can't like people don't really think that way. So I definitely think that that only magnified the situation because the majority of people were watching from home and then immediately seeing the headlines coming after that picture of Sam Ellinger that went viral. Um, you know, that stuff, I doubt anybody would have taken a picture of Sam Ellinger had that been a full capacity stadium. Cause I don't think that this would have been as big of an uproar from some of the, you know, Texas fans. I didn't want the, that were have an issue with eyes of Texas, not being played or, um, you know, the team's not singing it, whatever the issue is, you know, um, I, I think that COVID situation totally hurt that even more. So it did because the band also was not at these games and that was always the gathering point. Mm-hmm for the players. And, you know, it, it required more from Tom Herman from a, just a pure organization standpoint to say, Hey, we're playing the eyes this week, you know, just at the end of each practice, Hey, don't forget, we're playing the eyes this week. So wait it out, win or lose. And, and that didn't happen, obviously. All right. So Taylor, all right, we got, we got another question. Yes. This is from scope seven two eight. And they're asking, what can we look forward to during the next eight months if Tom Herman is retained? Well, I, I think the offseason that they didn't get last year with seven new coaches and, and you know, these coordinators trying to get more familiar with these players, develop um, a better sense going into a season of what each player is capable of doing. And I think you had improvement from some key guys like a DeMarvian Overshawn, like a Bijan Robinson. I know they really like Jaron Thompson. So you lose Caden Stearns and Chris Brown, but you still have BJ Foster. And, and now you add in Jaron Thompson and, and they like, uh, you know, Xavier Alford too, who's, you know, a guy to keep an eye on. And then, you know, you, you look at Jordan Whittington. I mean, one of the coaches that I interviewed for the insider last week said, boy, you get a full season of him. It probably looks a lot like Devin Duvernay, yeah. which is who, who knows, but Whittington's a baller now. So if he can stay healthy and you put him in the slot and, you know, he and Jake Smith are doing their thing, you know, there's some things to look forward to. I think you look forward to the spring and seeing who emerges at quarterback. You look forward to the, to the transfer portal and, and who Texas can add to this team while hopefully not losing um, from, from their roster. So I think you look at that, you look at, um, you know, how many of the seniors that they want to come back are going to come back. And, and there's a, you know, there's a lot to, to watch here. And then you're looking at the rest of the big 12 and, and how are they, how's their roster holding up through all this? So, it's, uh, I mean, look, there's talent on the roster. I keep saying that there is talent on the Texas roster and, and you've got to be good up front. How about, I'd look forward to seeing Alfred Collins continue to develop and, and Vernon Broughton. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tavondre sweats a, a monster. Uh, Keandre Coburn is as of right now coming back. I think there's a lot to like about that, that defensive line. And then if you get you know, Okafer and Kerstetter to come back. You've got four starters back in the offensive line. You got to be strong up front. And, you know, there's, there's some things to look forward to. Yeah. I mean, 
that's, I think that's been the hardest thing to give, you know, Tom Herman a pass on the year this year with some of the losses is because there is talent on the roster. Like let's, let's not act like this is the team that he had to, you know, that he fielded in 2017 that had who, I mean, did they, was there even a returning starter on the offensive line that year? Oh, I guess that Shackelford was the center returning from its true freshman year. I mean, you know what I mean? Like the talent, the talent is there. And I, I agree with you. I think that if the staff, you know, they, they should be able to hopefully go through spring football, even if they're not able to be out recruiting yet. But, you know, I think that that's only going to help because um, the, the players, the coaches that players are more times than not the closest with are your, the position coaches, the assistant coaches, because the head coach has so many other responsibilities. You know, he, he's not in every single, you know, seeing these players every single minute, every single day during fall camp, because he has other things that he has to do. So that's why it's, it's important to have solid assistant coaches. And I think seeing the progress, especially on defense from, um, you know, these players this year under Chris Ash was, yeah, I think that's what people expected to see from the get go, but you know, not having the normal off season, kind of hinders that. But I also think that if Texas is able to go back out on the recruiting trail, I think, you know, don't count out the staff yet because I don't necessarily know that Texas fans really know how good of recruiters these guys are if you're basing it off of this. But I'm basing it off of you guys were able to sign, you know, I know it's not – it's a top 25 signing class. It's the second class signing class in the Big 12 currently ranked. And you have nine open spots available um, to fill, you know, up until next season, essentially. So if they were able to do that without even seeing these players in person or these recruits or sitting in the head coach's offices to get information, you know, I mean, there's so many things that go into recruiting and so much of it is in-person contact, face-to-face contact. And so I feel that Texas being able to sign this class, um, during the early signing period should give Texas fans hope for what the future could hold once these coaches are able to go out onto the recruiting trail again. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. All right. We got any other uh, questions before we get to love it or leave it? Yeah. So I have uh, one more for you here. Uh, this is from UT night one twenty. Oh, excuse me. UT night 1125. If Tom Herman is retained, how does he go about getting back in the fans good graces and turn around his perception. Win. Win. So win, this baby, one, win. <laughs> yeah, this one, this one, be nice, be personable, and win. Yeah. And and nail it in the in the transfer portal. Um, you know, be able to pick off some some key talent who can help and and then win. I just don't need, I don't even think you need to be that nice. I mean, you don't need to be a jerk, but I don't think, I mean, if you win, does anybody sit there and be like, oh, Nick Saban, he's so nice. No, right. everyone knows that he's, you know, a hard nose, rough around the edges, take no crap type of coach. But does, do people talk about that? Is that a narrative around him? No, it's a positive narrative, if anything, because he wins. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Just win. Yeah. Just win. All right, Chip. Well, Before we get to everybody's favorite segment, Love It or Leave It, we're going to take just a really quick break here, but you'll definitely want to stick around because we have some topics, including about Sam Ellinger's future and if his departure um, happens, what that means for the quarterback position. So stay tuned. We will be right back. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So, Chip, you ready? I'm ready. You're not going to ask me that last question about rocks? I can ask you that. I was just, I was trying to speed it up a little bit, but okay, so we have one more. We have one more question. Uh, this is from MG, MJ Thrilla. And the question is, what is the difference between igneous and metamorphic rock? All right. So I had to look this up, but I just want everyone to be able to, uh, you know, remember that uh, whatever class it would be, geology. Um, igneous is a liquid that is hardened into rock, so like lava. And um, the other one? Metamorphic. Metamorphic is is always been a rock. All right. It, it wasn't liquid that hardened into a rock. Okay. There you go. So you know what? The, one of the worst grades I ever got in my uh, academic career was taking intro to geology at the University of Texas. And I will tell you, if you're a student looking to take that class, I advise against it because it seems you think intro be pretty easy. Oh, Forget yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, this is easy. Intro to rocks, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> there you have it. Thanks, MJ Thrilla. Now we all know the difference between an igneous and a metamorphic rock. Yes. All right, Chip. So for my first love it or leave it question, I have for you, love it or leave it, if Sam Ellinger leaves Texas, the staff should pursue Baylor quarterback Charlie Brewer, who recently entered the NCAA transfer portal. Listen, I said I'm on the record saying that Texas should have signed both Sam Ellinger and Charlie Brewer and let them compete uh, because I loved both of these guys coming out of high school. And, and if Charlie Brewer wants to keep playing and, and Sam wants to move on, I mean, Charlie Brewer's dad, Robert, was a quarterback at Texas. Man, how do you not look at a guy who helped lead a team to an 11-1 and regular season a year ago and then got caught in a coaching change with a 
you know, I, I, Larry Fedora was an analyst for, for Tom Herman, but I wasn't crazy about that hire to begin with because I didn't see Fedora as one of the, the most progressive offensive minds out there right now. So, hey, how do you not take a look at Charlie Brewer? I mean, you always want competition and a guy who's gone up against every Big 12 team. Yeah. You know, let the best man win. Throw him in the throw him in the Thunderdome with with Casey Thompson and Hudson Card and and let the paramedics sort him out, you know? Yeah, I agree. I uh I'm going to love this too for I mean, the reality is as as I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, Casey Thompson has been on on campus, but you know, there's no proven follow-up to Sam Ellinger at this point. There's there's no answer at this point. I don't think anybody can sit there. I feel like even if Tom Herman was asked and he answered that question, I think everyone would probably look at, at him out of the side of their eye. Like, so you think that you know who the next quarterback is going to be when you've seen such a minimal sample size of the guys that you do have on the roster. But what you have seen is Charlie Brewer. Now, you know, he had kind of a down year. I know some Baylor fans were really down on him throughout the 2020 season. Um, you know, I, I, I don't always blame quarterbacks. I know Mac Brown used to always say this, and it sounds like coach speak, but it's true. Quarterbacks get the most praise and the most blame. Um, and a lot of times they're not, you know, really worthy of either a lot of times that, uh, when that happens. So I think, you know, he's, he would have to come in and prove himself, but competition is what makes, you know, players better. The iron sharp, sharpens iron type of, you know, uh, that phrase is there for a reason. It's to make each other better. So I think that that would be hugely beneficial for the future. Yeah. And you want a guy who's, who can lead a fourth quarter comeback. I mean, that's the mark of a great competitor at the quarterback position. How does he perform under pressure when his team absolutely has to have it? Mm-hmm. And Charlie Brewer's done that. Mm-hmm. And, and as long as he checks out physically, obviously he's had some concussions. Um, I'm not a doctor. I don't, you know, if Charlie Brewer wants to keep playing football and he's going somewhere, which he's indicated he's, he's looking to go somewhere else and keep playing. I think you got to at least take a look at that. Um, All right. All right. So my second one for you, Chip, is love it or leave it. Matt Campbell and Iowa State will pull off a season sweep of Oklahoma and dethrone the Sooners in the Big 12 championship game? Man, we, uh, we did a love it or leave it the other day with uh, what chance do you give West Virginia to, to beat OU? And I mean, OU, they just win these games. Right. They just come through when it matters most. Now, saying that, I do like Iowa State from a matchup standpoint because, you know, their tight ends are hard to deal with. Brees Hall's hard to deal with. My only concern is which Brock Purdy are we getting? Mm-hmm. Are we getting the Brock Purdy who annihilated West Virginia and K State? Or are we getting the Brock Purdy who threw three interceptions against Baylor? Right. And, you know, Spencer Rattler's gotten better, but Iowa State's defense can can be tough to handle. Mike Rose, all those guys. 
I know you say I'm filibustering. I'm just trying to figure it out on the fly. <laughs> I'll say this. I think OU is a five and a half point favorite. Yeah, I just looked that up. Yeah. I'll take Iowa State to cover. To cover? Okay. But not to win. But not to win. Yeah. I, I want it to, I do want this to happen because I just, I love the underdog stories. I think, I think it's incredible what Matt Campbell has done at Iowa State, even just being in the position to play for a conference championship. Now I know that probably sounds like... And if like, they win this game, Taylor, it'll be their first outright conference championship since 1912. Yeah, more than 100 years. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, I, I'm not the participation trophy type of society or, you know, the all like snuggly type of person. However, I will say like, it's incredible what Matt Campbell has done at Iowa State. I mean, what he has done, in my opinion, is is probably in a not not comparing the same careers, but in a sense, kind of like reminiscent a little bit of what Bill Snyder was able to do at K State at a program that you never think, you know, it's always going to be kind of the the slump buster of the the conference when you know it's an automatic win when you face them, and that's absolutely not the case. So I really want Iowa State to pull it off, but it's so hard to count out, you know, Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma because. It's not, you don't just magically coincidentally win five straight conference championships and how, what, four, um, com or, um, excuse me, appearances three, in the yeah three college football playoff appearances. Three. Yeah. I mean, that just doesn't happen by like, you know, like by chance. It's like that, that just shows that it's a very well oiled machine that they have there. So I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna have to leave it, unfortunately, um, you know, I do think, I think it'll be a good game. I like Lincoln Riley too, as a coach, I like Matt Campbell. Um, but I would love to see the Cyclones pull off the upset. I'll say that, but I'm not going to love that scenario. So, you know, you know Lincoln Riley's parents both went to Texas. Oh yeah. And he, he's a funny guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, this week he was asked, what's it, what's it like? You haven't played, your game's canceled because of COVID, everything. And he said, that's why I get paid the big bucks. <laughs> it was funny. I mean, it was just a great deadpan answer. Yeah. So, all right. What do we got left here? Well, Taylor? I have one more for you, Chip. And that is, love it or leave it, you want to see Tom Herman in Texas face Mac Brown in North Carolina in the Cheez-It Bowl. Okay, as much fun as this would be, I'm going to leave this because I, and I know that North Carolina just beat Miami like 62 to 26. Way to go, Mac Brown. Good heavens. Seriously. And his offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, is, is a nominee for the Broyles Award as well there at North Carolina. Um, but I think it would be. I think it would be a, a better win. And Miami's defense is terrible. North Carolina is not bad. I mean, I, I think from a, I think Texas could lose that game to North Carolina, especially with all the guys who aren't going to be in the game, like Joseph Osai and Chris Brown and everything. Mm -hmm. I think they'd have a better chance of beating Miami. Right. So I'm going to say, I'm going to leave it. Okay, so you're leaving it because you would want to see Texas win the bowl game. Well, you know, I mean, for Texas fans, 
I'm just giving them my input for which team I think Texas would have the better chance of beating. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the question, though. It's you want to see it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't tune into that game? Exactly. It's must-see TV. Oh, who my god. Who wouldn't gosh. tune into that game? Mac Brown and his former grad assistant taking on the team that kicked him to the curb after winning a national championship and, and playing for another. Oh, yeah. I'm just curious. Hollywood is built on conflict, and there you go, folks. Yeah, so I have a random love it or leave it for you. Love it or leave it, Mac Brown would come up and give you a hug if he saw you. Outside COVID time, just... (laughs) He would leave that. (laughs) He would leave that. Uh, I got nothing but good things to say about Mac. He's unbelievable. And Sally, mm -hmm. they're a great story. A great story. She's a self-made millionaire who really picked Mac up off the ground. Mac had just been left by his first wife, was a single dad with two kids, was struggling in North Carolina. Sally came into his life and, man, just changed it all for him and, and gave him the confidence and the swag to come to Texas and say, we're going to do it the right way. I'm not going to cheat. And if I get fired, I don't care. My wife's got millions. We're good. Yeah. And it worked. That attitude was necessary and it worked for Mac Brown. Yeah. And Sally behind the scenes played a, a role in Ricky Williams coming back for that 98 season, his Heisman season. Sally was. Yeah. She was like, leave the hair alone. Let him have the hair. Yeah. Don't cut the dreads. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I would love, love Yeah. I would love to see that. I mean, uh, this year has been so, you know, just a beat down, I think for so many people. And if you cover this Texas team, it's been a Royal beat down, just understandably. So I understand why fans are upset. Um, you know, this was supposed to be the year and they fell short again, but, um, you know, it would be fantastic stories that we could write about Matt Brown <laughs> facing Tom Herman. So <laughs> from a professional content producing standpoint. Yeah. That, that would be a no brainer for me. Yeah. All right. Well, this was, uh, this was our signing day flagship podcast. And, uh, of course we'll be back next week to talk about where Texas is going bowling and all the latest until then make sure you're getting over to horns 24 seven. Um, if you're not a member, become an annual member so that you get all access, VIP access to all the team sites on the 24-7 network, the industry leader in, uh, in team sites and um, all the content of your favorite teams. So for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Merry Christmas, everybody. And uh, until next time, stay safe and keep the faith. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.